My name is Cliff Walker, and I'm a co-founder of a communications firm called Seeker Strategies. I like Progress Texas. I've liked Progress Texas for a long time now because, one, I know a lot of folks who work there and trust them, and I think that y'all are effective communicators. I can't believe that you pull off a daily podcast, which is extraordinary and very well produced, and I try to catch it every day, and I'm a voracious consumer of news, and yet still I learn things listening to the podcast. God's honest truth. But what I would really love is for progressives to blink and wake up and realize that we can actually win. I, I think there's this mentality that it's all for naught, that we're a red state, that you know it, that's just the way it is. The first thing we got to do is realize that we got a shot, and we do, and then we should take it. It's Tuesday, January 16th, 2024, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. Welcome back from the MLK break. Well, kind of. A great many Texas parents find themselves with the kids home from school on what looks likely to be the tail end of the great MLK weekend freeze of 2024. And forgive me if I'm being too sensitive here. But I find it embarrassing that the national CBS news feed is crowing this morning. Good news. The Texas power grid is holding up. In other words, the fact that more of us are not presently shivering in the dark is somewhat a surprise. CBS reports that while we're still not quite past this one, ERCOT forecasts say power supplies should remain above power demand, except for a few minutes this morning at around 8, right as this podcast is hitting your feed. Good luck to us all. Box 7 Austin relates to conservation requests from ERCOT that hangs over our heads this morning. We're asked to conserve electricity use until 9 a.m. today, and a similar situation is expected on Wednesday morning. The prep this time was far from perfect, as Scott Friedman and Eva Parks at NBC DFW Channel 5 tell us, while power generation and transmission companies in Texas have spent millions winterizing their equipment since winter storm Uri in 2021, most of this year's seasonal winter inspections had not been completed ahead of the current cold snap. ERCOT told NBC5 that by the end of next month, it plans to have inspected 450 generation and transmission facilities, but as of two weeks ago, only 126 of those inspections have been completed, with 324 remaining undone. Step outside this morning and imagine yourself being dropped off by a bus in even colder weather with nowhere to go. That's the picture for the stream of migrants being sent unabated to places like Chicago, where the temperature this morning is below zero. Alicia Ibrahimji at CNN writes that Democratic Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker warned in a letter to Governor Greg Abbott early in the weekend that continuing to ship migrants to Chicago without solid reception plans could cost lives. Chicago shelters lately have been so full that incoming migrants from Texas have been sheltered at a so-called designated landing zone with minimal access to food and sanitation and only parked Chicago Transit Authority buses available as a temporary heat source. Of course, migrants have been facing deadly threats at the border itself, as evidenced by another story that broke over the holiday weekend, that of the drowning deaths of a woman and two children from Mexico near the border on Friday in an area that Operation Lone Star Troopers have blocked from access by federal Border Patrol agents. Rosa Flores and Holly Yan, also with CNN, relate the story provided by U.S. House Representative Henry Cuellar in a tweet that the Border Patrol learned six migrants were in distress in the Rio Grande on Friday night around 9, and that they called the Texas Military Department. 
the Texas National Guard and Texas DPS, but were unsuccessful in relaying the information by phone. So federal agents went to the gate at Eagle Pass's Shelby Park, blocked off by state authorities with fencing, gates, and razor wire to provide the information. They were told by Texas Military Department soldiers that the migrants would not be granted access to the Texas shoreline even if they were drowning which three of them did. The bodies of three migrants were recovered by Mexican authorities early Saturday. Alex Oliveira at the New York Post says the Texas military have since insisted that they had searched the Rio Grande and the deaths had already occurred by the time federal officers arrived, saying, quote, at no time did Texas military department security personnel along the river observe any distressed migrants, nor did Texas military department turn back any immigrants from the U.S. during this period, unquote. In response to all of this, Neelam Bora and Sineda Day at the Texas Tribune write that the Biden administration has sent a cease and desist letter to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton demanding that Texas authorities stop blocking federal Border Patrol agents full access to Shelby Park with a deadline of Wednesday, at which time federal authorities will, quote, refer the matter to the Department of Justice for appropriate action and consider all other options available to restore Border Patrol's access to the border, unquote. Could a confrontation between armed federal and state officers be brewing here? We are certainly watching. Over to abortion rights, more specifically the continued steady chipping away at those rights in Texas by conservative actors whose long-term plan is to end reproductive freedom across the country. Tracy Bringhurst at KTVB in Boise says notorious anti-abortion activist Judge Matthew Kazmarek, based in Amarillo, has granted a motion allowing Idaho, Missouri, and Kansas to intervene in a lawsuit originally filed last November against the Food and Drug Administration by the anti-abortion group Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine, who are arguing that the widely used abortion drug mifepristone is unsafe, counter to years of study and practical precedent. Kazmarek ruled that the three states could pile on because the outcome may affect their economic and sovereign interests. Planned Parenthood Great Northwest, Hawaii, Indiana, and Kentucky issued a statement on the ruling saying that what appears to be a seemingly innocuous legal move could actually give more credibility to legal arguments based on hypothesis rather than established science and possibly open the door for the Supreme Court to undertake similarly baseless arguments. Also on the abortion rights front, we refer you to continued analysis by our own Tatum Owens of Progress Texas, who takes a closer look at the case of Jennifer Alvarez Estrada Glick of Luling, who died two weeks after Rose overturned in 2022, in part due to an apparent hesitation by her doctors to provide the level of care that likely would have allowed her to survive a fatally problematic pregnancy. Abortion care was apparently never mentioned by any of the many doctors who saw Yenny. And in fact, upon being discharged from Ascension Seton Medical Center in Austin, her family wondered if she'd been sent home too early or if she would have been kept in the hospital longer had she been insured. Owens writes that, quote, this denial of crucial medical information can be attributed to a chilling effect from anti-abortion legislation, unquote. See the show notes for yet another heartbreaking read on the consequences pregnant people in Texas who want to have children are bearing as a result of our poorly written and ham-fisted abortion policies in Texas. Here's one that somehow is less surprising than it should be. Robert Downen at the Texas Tribune writes that all the while Texas Republican Party Chair Matt Rinaldi has been vigorously attacking critics 
of the ultra-conservative Christian Nationalist Political Action Committee Defend Texas Liberty and also resisting calls to distance the state GOP from that PAC over its well-documented ties to white supremacists. He's also been personally on the payroll of one of that PAC's billionaire founders, Ferris Wilkes. Securities and Exchange Commission filings show Rinaldi working as an attorney for Wilkes, who has provided nearly $5 million to defend Texas liberty over the last three years, money that was then used to fund far-right causes and candidates. Down in quotes Mark McCaig, a former member of the Texas GOP's executive committee, who says he's never seen such a relationship between a major donor and a sitting state chair, saying, quote, it's certainly reasonable to ask whether Chairman Rinaldi is working towards the betterment of the party as he pledged he would do in 2021, or if he is more interested in promoting the agenda of Ferris Wilkes at the expense of a unified and functional party, unquote. Again, all of this comes from a political party known for bending or ignoring the rules, so not a huge shock, you ask me. One would think that a divided GOP might give Texans hope for change in the upcoming election cycle and confidence among national Democrats about the prospects here is growing. Will Weissert writes for the Associated Press that upsets in the Senate races both here and in Florida are seen as a possible route to Democrats retaining their slim majority in the upper chamber. But he also acknowledges that Texas remains our nation's largest reliably red state. The key for Democrats, as we've said, at present appears to be the championing of abortion rights. The National Democratic Party believes the majority of voters in both Texas and Florida think Republicans have gone too far in restricting those rights. But again, let's not kid ourselves about the challenge before us. Texas last voted Democratic for president in 1976 for Jimmy Carter, and the Democratic Party hasn't won any of our 28 statewide offices in 30 years. U.S. Representative Colin Allred of Dallas remains the frontrunner for the nomination, but he'll have to overcome primary challenger and state senator Roland Gutierrez of San Antonio. Here at Progress Texas, we've invited both Representative Allred and Senator Gutierrez to join us on our Progress Texas Happy Hour podcast to make their cases for Texas voters ahead of the primary in March. And Senator Gutierrez has accepted. Look for that wide-ranging conversation to hit the Progress Texas podcast feed later today. Ted Cruz, for his part, continued making an ass of himself over the MLK weekend, both in a crude joke that Texans who get too cold in this still ongoing winter weather event should join him in Cancun, a laugh riot, that Ted, and also tweeting his encouragement to the Dallas Cowboys in their wildcard playoff game against the Green Bay Packers, which they lost in gruesome fashion, 48-32, to and it was frankly uglier than the scoreboard reflects. The Cruz curse lives on. Finally, Progress Texas is helping host a debate this week featuring the Democratic candidates for U.S. Congressional District 32. And there are some new details on Thursday's event, including a new location. It's been moved from UT Dallas to the Richardson Events Center at 1210 East Beltline in Richardson. And more candidates have been confirmed. So far, we expect Representative Julie Johnson, Dr. Brian Williams, Callie Butcher, and Justin Moore to participate, all moderated by Dallas Morning News political reporter Gromer Jeffers. Thursday, January 18th, 7 p.m., again in a new location, the Richardson Event Center on East Beltline in Richardson. Dallas area listeners, we hope to see you there. That's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. For this Tuesday, January 16th, 2024, links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Progress Texas is a nonprofit rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. While campaigns come and go, 
We're the permanent home for progressive media and action in the Lone Star State. As we've mentioned, it's a big election year, and you can get the merch to match your progressive values at our always open web store at progresstexas.org, where you can choose from Y'all Means All, Revolution, or our most popular Humans Against Ted Cruz t-shirts. They're union-made, of course, right here in Texas, and with your purchase, you're supporting our important work and looking great doing it. Again, the web store and other ways to support our ongoing mission can be found at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening. Y'all stay warm, and we'll see you again tomorrow morning.